Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The hot mess mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. Hello and welcome to the Hot Mess Mums podcast. I'm Jenny Powell. And I'm Kelly Pegg. <laughs> yes. And we have a rather lovely lady with some dulcet tones to bring some class to this podcast. It is going to be, I'm warning you, a classy podcast, the lovely Susie Redding. Hello, Susie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. Oh, and I'm oh. glad you found your place. Your, your, we were talking about, we've, we've finally come to find a place of serenity and peace to do these such things as this. So where's yours? I'm holed up in my bedroom with the washing basket blocking the door so they can't open it. Mm. By they, who are we? How many have we got? Uh, three, three other bodies. One of which I can trust to stay downstairs, but also <laughs> a sweet little nine-year-old and a very unpredictable five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, you just. I mean, it's just like kid roulette with a five-year-old, really, isn't it? Oh, you absolutely. just don't know. They're going to fire that shot, the lethal <laughs> shot. It could be any time. <laughs> Surrender. <laughs> so, I, I've um, I've just uh, developed this um, condition, which I've decided to call Corona Tourette's, Susie. So, um, yeah, I don't know if anybody's been um, calling you up or, or um, you know, trying to connect with you, because I know you deal with such issues as anxiety and just, you know, um, obviously as, um, as someone who coaches um, people in a more sort of um, zen way, I think. Am I right-ish? Yeah. Uh, yeah, goals, Corona Tourette's. It's not good. It's not good karma. We can all identify, though, right? This is the nature of being human. Can we throw ourselves a bone? <laughs> oh, It's so true, though, isn't it? Because we're all being so hard on ourselves and we're seeing it all the time. Everyone's feeling this massive pressure, like, you know, to be all of a sudden, I don't know, perfect. But why, you know? it's What's causing it, Susie? Uh, it, it's... It's just crazy competing demands. I mean, this is just a totally unprecedented experience for everybody. I mean, there'll be stacks of people who they might be used to homeschooling or they might be used to working from home, but no one is used to doing all of this stuff simultaneously. Um, Even working from home with my husband in the week that the kids were still at school, I'm like, oh, my God, that's where I sit at the t- kitchen table. How dare you? And this is outrageous. It was yeah. like one week of adjustment of that, and then it's been a week of, wow, you know, dealing with the, the WhatsApp on the parents' group from my kids' classes, oh. it's just, it's 
it's insane. The level of, um, I guess everyone just wants to do the right thing by everybody. It comes from a really good place, but you can't be all things to all people and you can't maintain the same standards that we were used to until these crazy new variables came into place. That's so true. I, I know on a, the last day of school here, um, when they said that's it, um, I actually deleted myself from the WhatsApp group I left. And one of my friends sent me this hilarious like laughing emoji because it came up with Kelly Pegg has left the group. I just couldn't bear it. It was ping, ping, ping. And it was, I'm starting a school classroom. I'm doing this, this, this and this. And, and this was the last day of school. And I just thought, I don't need to see it because that's not going to happen in my world. I know what's going to happen. Ava's just going to pick and choose when she wants to do it. I've got a two-year-old who's violent and difficult. It's not going to be a lovely classroom situation. So I don't want to see that because it's going to make me feel crap. And I think... Yeah. With things like that, I mean, obviously, we're moving. So Ava's not going back to that school, so I can do it. But if you're staying at that school, it's a little harder, isn't it? You've got, you've got to probably stay on the WhatsApp group or stay in touch with some of the mums. But how do you monitor? How do you deal with that without it affecting you, Susie? How do you switch you, off? You mute it. <laughs> a big, fat mute. Um, I think you, you're right. Like with your daughter, she, if she can pick and choose, we need to give ourselves permission to pick and choose. And it really, this is testing our mindfulness muscles. Yeah, yeah this is hard. We've got to really check in like never before and observe what's the impact of my choices is this thing that I'm about to embark on, is that the thing that's going to actually meet my needs or is that going to be a withdrawal from my energy bank? Because, you know, we just don't know what how this is going to pan out. You know, I've, I've heard people referring to this as, oh, it's just like Christmas. You know, we get to stay at home and, um, you know, sit in our PJs all day. And, and, like, Christmas is delicious because you all let your hair down, you know exactly what the intention is. It's for a defined period Right, still and two pay. weeks. Yes, the bill. Still being able to go and shop for all those delicious things exactly. that ain't happening in a lot of households. Exactly. And you're not trying to work simultaneously. But even if it was like that, it, it's just we can't do that endlessly. So this needs a whole different approach, and it's something that I think. I want to put my hand up and say I'm having a tough time and I think it's really important that everyone knows that no one's got it licked. We're all muddling our way through. This is just let's try and see what works and what works for one family or one household is not necessarily going to work for the next. But just really listen and be gentle and kind and make healthy life-giving choices because this is not a sprint. Really, this is more like a marathon, isn't it? We've got to pace ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, everyone's kind of rushing into getting into a certain way of life. And I think you've just got to let it go a bit. You've just got to let it evolve. You know, even now, you know, after a couple of weeks, you're discovering where you're most comfortable at to work and, you know, who gets grumpy at a certain time of day and what to do about that person if they do get like that, because what suits them. Um, And I think we've got to give ourselves some time to breathe, assess and, you know, realize that things are changing also by the minute. Um, and so, you know, not to get overloaded and overwhelmed with this sense of responsibility that I think we're all really feeling, especially as mums, because um, you're feeling like this whole world 
is like in the house now and you're responsible for every single element of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to realize you've got to just take it day by day and you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be an expert, but you're going to, if you've got the clarity and you're looking after yourself, you might have a chance of getting bits and bobs right. Absolutely. I think you nail it there. Like sometimes it's day by day. Sometimes it's hour by hour. Sometimes it's minute by minute. But what what is so important about what you've just said is is nailing that if we, we need to nourish ourselves mm. right so that we can stay well resourced and yeah. capable this is just so important so i'm so glad we're having this conversation because you know from from my own experience and countless conversations with other people when we need self-care the most that's when it gets dropped you know we start to think it's it's not okay this is the time that we all need to very tenderly take care of ourselves it doesn't have to take huge chunks of time or expense or any of that stuff you don't have to leave the house thank goodness (laughs) but we've got to make sure that we are really taking care of ourselves head heart and body when we talk about self-care and there's self-love as well they're kind of buzzwords and they're very popular with us mums and women but I've read quite a bit recently about how we get confused about them Susie and what they actually are so could you clarify, because I know you're very big on promoting it. You talk about emotional bankruptcy mm-hmm. and how we neglect ourselves and how dangerous that is. Mm-hmm. So could you sort of, for me as well, what is self-care and self-love? Why are they different and and, uh, and what are they? Do, do you know what I mean by that? That is brilliant. Do <laughs> you know what? I've never actually tried to tease. Is the there a difference? Or? I, I think there is. So from my perspective, self-care is healthcare. It's an action or a skill that nurtures your health mentally, physically, energetically. And it not only tends to your needs in this moment, it tends or nourishes the person that you are becoming, your future self. So I think that's a really useful distinction to make because one glass of wine savored is self-care. Down a bottle and have a late night, that is not self-care because your future self ain't gonna thank you for those choices. Yeah? Yes. So that's self-care. Self-love, I think there's an awful lot of confusion about that too. I think people think that they've got to, you know, love their physical manifestation. They've got to be their own cheerleader. That can be self-love. But the, the approach that I take is being loving towards myself, being accepting, being kind, being compassionate. And that is actually something that we embody. And it's also we imbue our actions with it. So you can love yourself, but not dig how you look today. That's fine. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, and I think it's great to hear. I, I love the fact that really self-care is more of a, like you said, investment. So it's not a one hit thing that you do. It's something you look at, like your health, like your diet, like your, you know, your well-being. And you tie it all in as that journey that you're going on and you make sure you're consistent with it. And I think that's that's a great way of sort of explaining it, because often you see posts. And I think I've probably done this where I run a bath with candles and go self care but actually I should be able to have a bath any damn time I want it's not really self-care in the long term it's just yeah. actually normal human behavior but us mums don't get to do it yes yeah. as much as we'd like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting you say they're buzzwords and all the rest of it because my 19 year old she really you know 
she sent me this thing that they're all sending in amongst themselves, you know, and it was basically taking the pee out of this because she knows I'm a yogi. So it was like one of these things taking the piss out of like self-care and, you know, somebody had posted something. She's like, God, this one's for you, mum. And I was thinking, you know, it, because it's become the thing, um, you know, that there are certain attitudes from certain people. And I think men as well, they haven't got a clue what it really means and how important it is. And they're kind of poo-pooing it and saying, oh, God, here we go. You know, just have yeah. a bottle of wine and read a book and have an extra long bath and sod off. So, you know, we're, we're kind of battling with that at the moment because it's like a priority for me. And like I'm thinking, oh, God, Connie's just not some bloody yogi idiot. You know, and it's how you sort of convince those, those others in the house that, you know, it is actually really... Really beneficial yeah if you look at where the concept has come from i think that clarifies things so there's absolutely nothing new about the concept it's been around for decades it was originally used in the context of workers in high risk roles surgeons nurses counselors you know police officers in the crash investigation unit it was taking a look at what kind of healthy behavior could keep them functioning in their stressful roles. But the Mm. fact is, no human being is exempt from stress. No one is immune. We all need it, right? The reason why it's coming to the fore now, for two reasons, we're having a more open and honest dialogue around mental health, yeah? yeah? And secondly, we've had about two decades of research in positive psychology, which was a paradigm shift in psychology where we shifted our attention from looking at mental health disorders and how to fix them to looking at what are the building blocks to a life worth living what is the you know how how can we feel healthy and abundant and whole so it's Mm -hmm. steeped in research and we've had two decades of it so of course we're hearing about what it is that take you know how it is that we can take care of ourselves so Mm -hmm. yes it's a buzzword but it's not a fad it's not narcissism it's not well-being gone mad i came across this concept when I became a mum at the same time as losing my dad. So I knew in my heart of hearts, this was how I could cope. It was how I could heal and restore and put myself back together. And having had that experience of being flat on my back and being useless to everyone, I, I want to at all costs avoid that energetic bankruptcy. So I lovingly tend to my needs without any guilt or shame because that is the thing that allows me to be the person that I want to be and it protects me against the next curveball. And who knows what that is? That's what this experience has shown us all. We can't be complacent. We have to take care of ourselves. I love that. I think that's brilliant. Such a great nugget of advice to say, you know, and don't feel bad. Don't, you know, this is about preserving you. And let's face it, all three of us, we've got people that rely on us and depend on us. So if we fall apart, then they do too. And I think that's because often as mums... Yeah, we feel guilty, don't we, when we take that time out and uh, silly things. But we say, I do and I shouldn't. And Not at all. It's weird as well because I always think, uh, I think, gosh, well, how come this has happened like now when I'd sort of like, I think I've been prepping in my subconscious because, you know, like everyone, if I if I uh, thought, oh, God, I could really do with just switching off. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to just have a nap. I need to have a really good nap. And I started doing it about a year ago. And I started to take the pee out myself and go, oh, I'm old. I need a nana nap, you know. And then I started to sort of like. Nana nap. Um, <laughs> you can have that one on me, Susie. <laughs> yeah, nana nap. Yeah, 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 I use that all the time. Nana nap. It's brilliant. All right. Okay. 
So, um, you know, and I sort of started to talk about it amongst other women and stuff. And they go, what do you mean? What, in the afternoon? I said, yeah, because I need it. And you know what? I'm a better person after it. Um, and now I think, gosh, I think I was prepping. I was prepping for this this pandemic because um, I think we need it more than ever now. I, if you want to go and sleep on the bathroom floor, that's up to you, Kelly. Um, but anywhere, wherever I get, is, anywhere I can go without everyone else, fine. Yeah. I'm there. I suppose now we're all together in the house, you realise those. there might be people who, women who actually are doing those things, um, be it uh, a bit of yoga or whatever, who've always been doing it. And now you're noticing because you've obviously got a crowded house, but we're probably doing a bit of it anywhere. We're not, we don't even realise on the other side of, you know, saying we, we neglect ourselves maybe. Absolutely. That, do you know what? That is so insightful because oh. I promise you, if you weren't engaging in regular self-care, you wouldn't still be upright. Yes. Right? Exactly. But I think yeah. what happens is people conceive of self-care as certain things and they think, well, I'm not doing that, so I'm not doing self-care. Or maybe there's a kind of self-care they love to do that's inaccessible right now and they think, oh, I can't do it or I'm failing. That's rubbish. You are already doing it. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be here. Mm. Yeah? And it yeah. doesn't have to be grand, elaborate acts. It what I think really works right now is looking at what are the everyday things that you are doing already and how can you imbue those things with greater presence, tenderness, care, you know, how you put your moisturizer on, how you shower, the music that you listen to. Yeah, it's so simply done. It's funny, like, because we're all washing our hands so much, I never really moisturize my hands right. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I have a bit of a ritual now. I think, now I'm going to take my time and I'm like no this is really and I thought wow that's kind of looking after myself it's bizarre how these things are you know if you start you start to recognize maybe we suggest that you know today and everybody's listening just recognize those sort of like subconscious self-care things that you actually do that's right and you get so much more out of it by bearing witness to it and I mm. think maybe it might be useful to look at what are the underlying skills because when you name the skills you can think about well how can I just weave that into my day in ways that doesn't take time or energy or effort so those skills are things like mindfulness mm -hmm. appreciation gratitude mm -hmm. kindness compassion and curiosity all of those things are really potent mood alchemists. We've been talking about that kind of thing a lot because we've been trying to keep everyone positive and by recording at this time and having guests like you reaching out to women and, and kind of giving them that positivity, which I think is so important. But and I think I can you can see it on on certain social media posts that some people don't have that motivation there are people that are more negative if you like from the start of it so if someone's feeling hugely demotivated by this what should be like the initial steps for them to kind of pick up and just you know have a word with themselves and start to look at things to make themselves feel better because we don't know how long this is going on for so you don't want to stay in a negative state for very long that's such a great question. Um, I don't expect anybody that I talk to to care about self-care, right? You don't have to care about self-care, but what you will genuinely care about is what self-care facilitates in your life. So there's almost no point talking about self-care until you've clearly articulated your personal motivation. So think about, if you, if you think about any role that's really important to you, 
you know, maybe it's parent, maybe it's partner, maybe it's child. We're looking after our parents at the moment, maybe via distance. Maybe it's neighbor, maybe it's professional, whatever it is. What in What is it about that role that's really important to you? How do you want to show up in that role? What kind of qualities are really important to you to embody, to, to model, yeah? Now, if you think about how you are in that role, when you are frazzled, fried, full up, can you be as you aspire to be in that role? No, no one can, right? Conversely, describe yourself in that role when you are well nourished, when you're well slept, when you've fed your brain, when you've watered yourself, when you've had time in nature, when you've moved the mental health, yeah? That's the stuff that really galvanizes us to take care of ourselves. You have to think about what's your why of self-care? What does it allow you to do and be? That is the thing. That's the catalyst that will help you take action and do things differently. I think probably and having like as well um, uh, with all of that, if you can go through that and get to that stage of maybe then having a goal or something you want to focus on, you know, if you're if you love writing or uh, I mean, we're lucky because we can do this from Skype. So this is fantastic for for us because it keeps us going and we feel like we're still working. Um, And I suppose for you as well, you know, it's great to have all the technology we do. But if you can have a some kind of focus or a goal as well that you can set yourself within this time of something you'd like to achieve I suppose um that that could help as well really yeah it just gives some shape doesn't it and it doesn't have to be anything rigid or lofty this can be just a loose intention that just gives you something to move towards it gives you shape it gives you rhythm and focus and I think that's a really great suggestion so that's why Kelly's going to learn Spanish and the guitar all at the same time. I am oh, actually doing Spanish. Are you? Yeah, oh, but it's, not, it's my daughter, so she does it at school. Oh, and it's one of the things yeah. she loves. So it's one of the things we're doing as her lessons. Oh, I can't wait to um, hear But as for the guitar, you can forget that. But I've got my, I've, I've set myself fitness goals and I'm being very healthy. Yeah. So I'm very focusing on nutrition at the moment and being very good with my food and good with my exercise, which really helps my mind. And that's kind of my own self-care. That is my thing, you know, so. What's yours, Susie? What's yours? Were you, um, I know you're writing a book, but you did that beforehand, didn't you? Yeah, I love that sense of expression, that creativity. When I can, I get out for a little solo jog. I love that. Bit of alone time. When I can't get out for alone time. (laughs) When I can't get out for alone time, my solution is have a bath and submerge your ears so you can't hear them. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that is lovely. But then just dotted through my day, it's little rituals like using scent, using touch, you know, even like there are little acupressure points that you can touch around your face or even holding your own hand or some good old chicken wing shoulder rolls. If you just, if you're feeling really grinchy and tight, you know, pain makes us painful. So if you take some chicken wing shoulder rolls, spritz some room spray, fingertips on shoulders, breathe in, sweep your elbows up. And breathe out, take them back and down. Do that a few times. And I tell you what, you'll feel more alive. You'll feel more present. It helps you breathe better. And the mantra is when you breathe better, you feel better. It's just simple stuff like that where I could, I just dot my day with these little micro moments of care. So as, as a coach, author, 
general guru, if I can say that. What what questions have been most prevalent at the moment? What have you been asked the most at the moment in these present circumstances? Um, can I add normal, fallible human being that's learned everything by making mistakes to that guru status, please? <laughs> um, I think people are really asking how they can be a calm, safe place for their kids. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's mm. a really important one. Um, how to create some sense of normality in this no man's land. Yeah. Um, they're the two biggest ones. And also just managing this crazy squeeze of trying to parent while simultaneously work mm. and cook, clean. Yeah. All of that stuff. And the fact that you can't just nip to the shops because you run out of milk. You've got yeah. to plan ahead. Yeah. And then when you do go and do that grocery shop, you might be it might be a 90-minute expedition because of the distancing. And it's, you know, it's... Nearly it's four hours it took me on Friday. So I made sure, you know, I bought carefully because I thought I don't want to be back here within the next seven days. I'm done. So, but yeah, yeah that is a, it's a mammoth. It's something we took for granted, isn't it? Just being able to go to the supermarket, bish bosh in an hour, you're out. Not anymore. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And I think a lot of kids, are, a lot of kids are regressing. A lot of parents are regressing. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's just like, you, you kind of think, oh, well, I'm done with that. But hang on, now, now my kids don't want to go to bed or they're up. It's, there's an awful lot of flux. Yeah. And it, it really affects them, doesn't it? If they've been in a routine, especially when they're little. So my little boy had just got in a great place with nursery. They'd really helped him with discipline, with routine. He's, he's really quite difficult at the moment. And we knew that when this stopped, we would have problems. And every day... It's it's becoming it's the biggest pro actually COVID-19. I'm OK at home. I'm not I'm being I'm not too bad. The biggest issue we have is him and his behavior. So I think everyone's got something and and the kids are affected, even if you don't see it. I mean, Jenny's are older. They understand more. So they've probably got more questions than mine. And they what you know, probably have their own worries. It's all. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, it's really tricky, actually. I'm really conscious of uh, Connie's 19 because, you know, she's always been a bit of a lone. No, she's not a loner, but she, you know, when she goes out, she has good fun, all the rest of it, especially when she was down at uni. But she is quite, a, you know, she doesn't need people as much as, as some do. Uh, but I am keeping my eye on her. But, you know, it's difficult because at that age, she's an adult. That's what you know. It's tricky for me. I don't know. I, I still don't know where to place myself at the moment. What I can say, what I can't say. Do we go back to look? You're in the house with me, and you've got a little sister, and I'm going to. Or do I think? Well, listen. Imagine she's back in uni in London, do living her life. Speaks to me twice a week. Does she expect to do that here? I'm, I'm, I am. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that that's the most important thing on my mind at the moment. How to to deal with that. Yeah, I really feel for the teens. You know, this is just, it goes against all their normal natural impulses, impulses of being, of, of exploring and spreading their wings and building their autonomy and independence. And then all of a sudden they're back in the nest and, and we, we just got to have an, a, a dialogue, don't we? And sort of yeah. tread carefully and, and, and make gestures and offers and invitations and, see what feels right but it, we, <laughs> empathy, it, we have to be empathetic and understand that with kids and even with teens like when we're in pain that's when we're a bit painful to be around but then we don't yeah. want to punish them for being painful because they're 
painful because they're they're feeling hurt and stressed yeah. and frustrated and ah, caged. It's so fun. I mean, you got. I always see the funny side of these things. And yesterday, you know, I was sort of like just pussyfooting around Connie a bit. So I thought, oh. And then you think, oh, is it hormones? Or oh, don't say that, because then she might kick off and say, just don't know what's hormones. And I was like, I'm whispering now. And she's like three stories up in the house. So I don't know why I'm whispering. But in a way, it feels better. And I was like, yesterday, I went, I'm going for a walk. I don't suppose you want to come. And she was like, what? I said, I'm going for a walk. I don't suppose you want to come. <laughs> she was like, you want me to go for a walk? Mum, why didn't you just ask me? I just think you need some fresh air and some vitamin D. Uh, you know, and um, I'm turning to this sort of like covert little, I don't know, this this little thing in the shadows that's trying to draw some stuff out of these other people, you know. And um, I think I'm going more mad than she is. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. I think you've been doing great. She said the other day, you know, that Connie wants to make her own dinners. She's used to cooking for herself. Yeah. So you've taken a step back and she's yeah. sort of looking after herself in that way. So you're not interfering. No. No, because you have mm-hmm. got to be so careful, honestly, at that age, because you're like, you're like upset, yeah. really conscious. She's an adult and she just got into that routine of a, a life without us. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Um, but also for you, do you feel a huge responsibility now, Susie? Because, you know, a lot of you are working very hard now um, as coaches who obviously can work online, etc. But, you know, it is sort of a domain that we've never experienced before. So it must be, you know, you're kind of loaded, you know, more than usual, I think. You know, and people are. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what I love is that, you know, you were saying you felt like you've been preparing for this. But kind of professionally, that's how I feel like. So I've been talking about self-care for a decade. Right. My daughter turns 10 this year. And um, I I kind of feel like all of the lessons that I've learned have really beautifully prepared me to be of service in this moment. Because the toolkit that I'm really passionate about sharing with people is very skills-based. So it's not about you need to do this extra thing at the end of your day or at the beginning of your day, get up half an hour earlier to do this thing. It's like, learn these skills and you can live your life with the lens of, of these skills. And that's the stuff that helps us navigate change, loss, stress. It's the stuff that helps us heal. It's the stuff that gives a, a protective buffer against the next thing. It's the stuff that allows us to be our best selves. So, and, and it's about time efficient, energy efficient, things that don't cost money. And there's so much that we can do. So I'm, I'm really, I'm pleased that I can be here and I, I, I feel like I've got some solutions. So thank you for giving the opportunity to, to share my chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> your book then. So your book. And your ch- it's not yes. called Chicken Wings, is it? <laughs> there, I do make a little reference to chicken wing shoulder rolls in there. So yeah. Not so self-care. Wings, There's no bingo <laughs> in there, is there? No. Oh, there's nothing wrong with a bingo wing. Um, so self-care for tough times it comes out on the 20th of April Um, the paperback version comes out February of next year but the publisher and I've worked really hard to get the digital version available on the 20th of April so that's that's just around the corner I really hope that it's it can be just the tonic that everyone needs so it's called uh, self-care for a tough time is that right self-care for tough times it's a 
Well, isn't it? You've got hashtag yeah. which is really nice, which has a lot of really comforting quotes and supportive quotes. I ran out of breath then. I don't know why. I haven't got corona. I was like, um, but <laughs> just hashtag self-care for tough times. The Hot Mess Mums. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Yeah, I'm a bit breathless, but, um, you know, I am actually quite tired and it's time for my nana nap. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. All right. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> But at least I'll have a good read. Yes. Did it come out? So the book's out on the 20th of April. It's called Self-Care for a Tough Time. For Tough Times, sorry. Self-Care for Tough Times on the 20th of April with Susie Redding. And she was just lovely. So thank yeah. you very much. I'm feeling horizontal. Horizontal.